Welcome to This Game Where, the only podcast with a Nintendo seal of quality. This is Chris, and over there is... Me, Ashley! This better be a Nintendo game. There's a twist. It is. Oh, that's alright then. Good. So let's hope you're doing well, listener. Thank you for joining along. Join along? Listening along? Joining in? Oh god, I've messed up already. Are we inviting people on? We should. That's a good idea. We should have these ideas off, Mike. Yeah, maybe. Depends on the person being invited as well. Yeah. Who wants to be on? Let us know in your rates and reviews. Give give us five stars and then you'll get invited. Yeah. No, don't don't bribe people. Come it's on. Bribe. Don't bribe it's people. Rewarding. Rewarding. Is that yeah. the difference? Yeah. Okay. Is that what Patreon does then? They reward rather than bribe? They reward in exchange for money. If you think about it too hard, it, it's actually quite a blurry line, isn't it? It's a grey area, certainly. Because basically wages are a bribe. A bribe for work. Or are they an exchange? I oh, don't know. God, it's got very economical and philosophical very quickly. Yeah. Let's move away. How are you, Ashley? Together. Let's move away together. No. That was another... No? Okay. I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Uh, peachy. Good. Got a PlayStation 5? Yeah, hot off the press. Everyone actually got a PS5 this week. I don't think they press it. I think that it's built oh. of the line, the assembly line. And how's your end That's what it is, that? isn't it? That's a good story. Accidentally. That's how. Accidentally on purpose. Accidentally yeah. on purpose. That's how. Likely story. Yeah. I'm not going to go into it, but suffice to say, it's there. It exists. You weren't going to buy one, and then suddenly you did buy one. Exactly that, yeah. I th- I didn't think that they did actually exist either, because, like, <laughs> who's actually seen one? Like unicorns. Yeah, exactly. I've I've seen one now. I, it's, it's kind of like believing in flat Earth. Like, presumably, as soon as you take them up in a rocket, that's the end of that. It's was... the same with this PlayStation I've seen. I've now seen a PlayStation, and I know they exist. Does the c- uh, control pad, the dual shot, to do the pretty thing with the colours? What pretty thing with the colours? Is that a dual shot 4? Isn't that one of them where it lights up along with what you do on the screen? Yeah, the PlayStation 4's controller did that, the DualShock 4, like you're saying. Okay. And it it wasn't really along with what was going on on the screen, although it did sometimes do that. It was mainly to signify what player you were. So player 1 was one colour and player 2 was another colour and so on. I see. And I think that had some kind of camera functionality or VR functionality or something like that. Tight. Interesting stuff. The DualSense, actually, incidentally, was one of the selling points for the PlayStation 5, wasn't it? So it's got haptic um, rumble, and I don't they, they can do nice things with that. Haptic haptic feedback is no when idea. you press your... Yes, you do, you numpty. I don't. Yes, you do. When you press on the screen of your, of your phone, and it does a little... Right. Yeah, that's haptic feedback. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So the controller for the PlayStation 5, instead of, I think this is how it works, instead of having one rumble motor in one handle of the controller and another one in the other, it's got multiple smaller motors placed strategically through the controller that they can then turn on to simulate certain things. So you know like HD rumble in the Switch controllers where you can sort of turn the controllers and it rumbles in certain ways to make it feel like there are things going on in the controller well the playstation 5 controller can do that as well over the over the whole controller so there's a game called the called astro's playroom uh which 
showcases it all. And there's a bit in that where a lot of little robots get popped into your controller and then you have to use the gyro to move the controller about and you can feel them tumbling around inside the controller. That sounds fun. It's all right. Yeah, it's quite nice. And then the other cool-ish thing that it's got is uh, adaptive triggers. You know what they are? Nope. You could guess, though. I'm not going to make you, but the triggers have got their own little rumble units in there so that the triggers can the triggers can rumble independently of the rest of the controller and they also have um some sciencey mechanical stuff in there that when you are pulling the trigger it can change how hard it is to pull the trigger so say you're pulling the string of a bow in your con- in your game when you pull the trigger to pull the string of the bow back the harder you the further down you pull the harder it is to to press down because the it's getting tighter and tighter and similarly with a a trigger on a gun a trigger on a gun you can squeeze it and then there's like the trigger point where once you pull it back past that that's when you shoot so when you when you do that with the controller it gets really really tight about halfway down and then you click past that point and it becomes very loose does that make sense it does so there you go there, that's cool. some well, That's some PlayStation stuff. That was great. Nothing to do with today's game, though, sadly. But thank you for explaining, though. I know a bit more about the PS5. Yeah. I don't think that you're actually being earnest. I think that you're... I'm being earnest. You're I, giving I, me some kind of voice. I don't understand <laughs> what's going on. Do you want to know what games we're doing this week, then? Um, I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. You've given me, you've given me bad signals before we started recording. You made me think that I was going to like this game earlier today and then about five minutes before we press play on the recording software you sort of intimated that maybe i wouldn't like it so let's find out this week it's this game where you play as a spiky hair prankster who owns a special pair of glasses and it's based on a popular tv show yeah it's the simpsons and you said it's on the super nintendo no you haven't said it's on the super nintendo but you said it's on a nintendo console so it's probably Come on, I can't remember. Bart versus the world or something like that. Or is it Bart versus the space aliens or whatever they're called? Is it that one? Is there Bart versus the world? Space mutants, yeah. Is there one called Bart versus the world on the NES as well? I think there's one where... I played at a friend's house once where he was skateboarding on the Great Wall of China. So presumably that's that. That is that game. I feel like I'm misremembering. But yeah, Bart vs. the Space Mutants is the one that's, I think, better known anyway. Yeah. And the one that I've played before as well. Oh, okay. So I don't think I've played the other one on the NES. Well, this this came out on on almost everything. It came out late 91 slash early 92 on the NES, Amiga, Amstrad, Atari, Commodore 64, Spectrum, Mega Drive, Master System and Game Gear. Yeah, everywhere. anything and everything that was out at the time, as is befitting of the Simpsons. That's just the way they roll. Yeah, that's kind of one of my memories. Really, of this is that when this came out, the Simpsons were absolutely everywhere, and it felt to me as well. I would have been late ninety one. I'd have been just over five years old, and around that time, Bart was the, like the poster child. Bart was everywhere. Like, Bart yeah. seems to be doing the Bartman. Yeah, yeah, exactly doing the Bartman or Bart Mania almost that. And actually, in the show, he's one of the family. He's not like the main character, whereas he felt like it felt like he was. 
And as a as a five year old, I remember thinking he was a pretty cool character as well. He had yeah the, the like a Sonic, he was a bit attitude and yeah, he was cool. I mean, obviously that, that's exactly what I was like as five year old. Yeah, not not at all. I know what you're getting at there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I was sort of the same, so don't worry about it. The issue of whether he's a main character, I kind of actually think that he and his dad Homer, him and Homer kind of are the main characters, the poster people of yeah, that show. I think that's fair. Even from a very early point, like Lisa and Marge and Maggie sort of pale. Because they're yeah. never doing zany stuff, are they? Bart and Homer always get into hijinks. And I think that's what connected with some people. I think there's... Some of these episodes are, are quite good. Like, Least the Vegetarian is a brilliant episode. But if it's, yeah. a, if it's a Marge episode... You always feel a bit, mm, okay. Oh, she's going to have an affair. She's never That's an affair. all I remember ever doing. She tried. She went and uh, she went and did bowling Jacques, with a man, the bowler. Because yeah. there was a, a more recent episode that I that I saw. One of the, you know, after it had gone over the hill, one where the person who voices uh, Marge, who I can't remember her name. Go on, tell me. Mm, I can't remember. You can't either. remember. Yes. No. Excellent, because I was feeling really conscious that I couldn't remember her name, and I should. But you can't, and you purport no, to be a huge fan. That's going to really bother me now. It's completely yes. Julie Good. Kavner. Okay, so her voice is gone. Like, she's been doing Marge for so long that her voice is broken, it's like demarged. properly broken, and she now sounds like she's been smoking 8 million a day as opposed to just 20. Excellent. Um, so, and they seem, it seemed like they had repeated, so that bowling... A nearly a fair thing. Seemed like they were repeating that in a more recent episode where Marge's voice was broken. Well, I it didn't just, fly. Just it also on, didn't impress me. Just to pick on the point you just said, then I am a massive Simpsons fan, which is one of the reasons why we're doing this. I want to kind of relive a bit of a bit of my youth because I was absolutely obsessed with the Simpsons. I stopped watching the Simpsons about two or three years ago because it got to about I think it's on series thirty three at the moment. Mm. I think I got to about series thirty and realised that I was just watching them just because, because it was Simpsons, and that I wasn't actually enjoying watching it at all. And it was sometimes I was going to thinking, I've got to watch this, and then realised, actually, I don't have to watch this. So I stopped. So did you... So two questions then. You remember this game coming out... Sorry, and I think implied that you got the game around the time that it came out. Is that right? So the game came out late 91, which was when... Uh, series three was airing so the simpsons was pretty well established by this point as a series so 48 episodes in i guess if there's 24 episodes per series and you have the shorts beforehand as well um i didn't actually have this game this was because it was on the nez i was playing this around my babysitter's uh, child uh, yeah, house of uh, when i was a lot old what well, i said a lot older i was about nine eight nine yeah. ten something like that playing it there so which quite, would have been about a, 95 yeah so quite a lot after the initial release yeah, just... which would be when I was playing it as well. Oh, so that's interesting because that's that was why I was asking because I, I played this game. I I think I borrowed this game of somebody for my NES, but I was probably, I think I was playing it around 94 or 95, so a fair while after it came out. The second question was, were you watching The Simpsons at this point? Because for me, The Simpsons phenomena, if you like, occurred slightly later probably again around the 95 96 sort of time because it came over to the bbc around there i think the simpsons had this this big air of, of mystique this aura around yeah because it was something that was just it was always 
like ticking away in the background. Like I can distinctly remember playing at the first house we lived in, which we moved from when I was eight years old. I can remember playing my Ecto One toy and watching Todd the Popson. That was the, the Bartman video where they're all doing the Bartman mm. all over Springfield, thinking it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And so you're right. The Simpsons came to BBC One. It would have been, I think, ninety six because when I was in year six at school, maybe year seven. Mm. And there was a lot of Ferrari about the Simpsons coming to BBC. A lot, lot of like hype. You know, people get really excited about it coming. To yeah, BBC, I was one of them. One. And it was in it aired on a Saturday night, like sort of prime mm. past half past five. Is that prime time? It's kind of leading into prime time, isn't it? That yeah, I think Saturday so. It's night, like family, right? family prime time. Yeah, sort but of beginning of at that point, ninety five. The actual main series would have been on series seven or eight because it, it was on Sky, Sky One, which is been rechristened sky max this year so bbc was really far behind the curve and eventually it then moved to bbc two and you kind of looking like the late 90s and it was only on a, on a monday and friday night and then bbc two decided to wear it every single night monday through to friday at six o'clock and that was when i got mega hooked on it and would just watch it over and over and over when it started i actually my mum had a little 15 inch black and white baker light television in there bedroom that was their their bedroom tv the adults weren't really very interested in watching it so i had to go and watch it up there on this little 15 inch black and white screen and i remember the excitement and also i wasn't particularly good at keeping track of what was what time things were on so i kept having to get reminders of of when it was actually showing and then i distinctly remember sitting down to watch it for the first time and the 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 feelings of excitement it really was it was a quite a massive moment because up to then it had always been a a sky only thing and certainly for us and our our community um the the community that i grew up in that i think there was only one house that had sky that i can think of in the whole of my friendship circle and their house i mean i've talked about this house actually in the second episode of this podcast i uh, where we talked about Scottish guy. Yes, yes. So you remember? So he had. They had Sky. That come. That family had Sky, and he was. Um, I think he was probably an all right person. The guy, the dad. Um, but he felt furious all of the time. So the idea of going in and watching The Simpsons in this house was probably completely out of the question. Well, s- similarly, I I was also really excited, and I had a, a similar thing with my my own dad. He was really anti The Simpsons. He saw it, it. I felt a bit like um, you know those kind of flashback shows where we talk about the 1950s and how rock and roll came and it corrupted America's youth. That was what my dad saw The Simpsons as being, that, that I would start spout, spouting profanities and I'd, I'd become mm. Bart Simpson. He was really anti me watching it, which again gave it a bit of mystique because I was, I was kind of, you know, watching it a bit illicitly that I shouldn't be. But, you know, it's on mm. half past five on Saturday night. There's nothing wrong with that, surely. No, I don't think so. I, I Yeah. I remember when um, it came I, on as well, there was, there was a big... There was a well, big, possibly not so big. There was a, a program kind of about the Simpsons and its its history, and there were some people dressed in Simpsons outfits, and they were there, there was a shot there on a plane, purportedly coming from Springfield yeah. across to, to it. Did you, did you watch that as well? I remember it. Yeah, yeah. I remember it, that was that aired before the show it did, it did, started. Yeah, it, it, it was well, like it started, a, it's it like a war hype train, and I remember yeah, just exactly. like, yeah, almost bouncing on the sofa watching this, being like, "It's coming!" Yeah, it was. I can't believe we had the same experience. I I didn't know actually that this was a universal thing i i just assumed that it was a fairly localized thing no. No. Uh, but actually it was probably the simpsons mania was sweeping the uk absolutely interesting and cool i guess yeah 
So okay. what do you remember about this game and, and how you felt about the game? Well, the game itself is actually, as we kind of talked about, it, you play as Bart Simpson, who I think you're probably right. Him and Homer are pretty much the main characters of of The Simpsons. It's a, a 2D platformer. Well, again, looking into this in my notes, I remember it as being a bit like a beat-em-up, almost like Streets of Rage. But I think I've misremembered that. I'll explain where I possibly got that from in a minute. Well, that's it's, The Simpsons Arcade, well, which we've covered. Yeah, yeah, we did that way back in episode five, mm. six, something like that. So it's a 2D platformer where aliens, the, the plot is that aliens have landed in Springfield and they've blended in by disguising as humans. Only Bart knows of their plan as he has a special pair of X-ray specs that can be equipped to identify who is human and who is an alien in disguise. Each of the five levels, you have to go around and identify who is a human and who is an alien. And if they're an alien, you have to defeat them. And that's where I have clearly retconned it. I thought that you had to beat them up in order to stop them. And actually, you have to defeat them by jumping on their head. So I think you're probably right. right. I've blended an element of the Simpsons arcade game in there. So I thought that you collected spray paint cans and used those as your weapon. I didn't realise that it was jumping on their head. So that's a kind of a, a supplementary objective within the levels from what I see, because I, I remember the spray paint a lot as well. The first level, you have to spray paint those purple items. You have to spray paint them red. The, 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 oh. plot, the plot being that the aliens really want these purple items because it's part of their scheme to take over the world. So you have to spray paint them to to make them not purple and not be part of the aliens' plans. In Plot that level, I had no idea existed. Yeah, again, precisely. It's I one of those I, games for I me. I was probably the same as well because I was playing, as okay. I said, around my child mind's house, I wouldn't have had access to the manual. True. The level has got X number of purple items that need spray painting and you have to explore the level to find them all. So it's one way you can get to the end of the level if you haven't, from what I understand, if you haven't found the requisite number of purple items you have to then do a bit of backtracking to go and find these purple items. So there's these two elements of gameplay there. There's the finding the objects to spray paint them and then also defeating the aliens. I'm not sure that I understood that when I was playing this. I'm not sure that I understood that that was the in the, the goal of the levels. And this is the point, I suppose, that I tell you that I didn't go on with this game very much. Okay. Very well. How uh, so? So... I can't remember because this is sort of quite early on in my uh, childhood, I suppose. I was about five or six when I was actually playing this as opposed to when it came out. I assume, I mean, I don't like backtracking into games anyway, but I assume that I had problems with getting through levels simply because I didn't understand what I was meant to be doing. Like, I won't necessarily have known, will I, that I was supposed to be finding the aliens. Mm -hmm. And I won't necessarily have known that I was supposed to be spray painting uh, purple things a different color so i i guess that might but i don't remember is the truth i don't remember why i had a problem with it but i do remember that i didn't get on very well with it and my memory is exploring the levels and finding the purple things to turn them red i also have a memory of there being a second level where you have to do a skateboard race against one of the bullies i think either nelson or, or jimbo and then the second level is apparently certainly a different location i don't know if maybe the skateboarding bit is a transition bit between the two it also mm. seems like a relevant point to bring up with you saying that point there the game is developed by a company called Imagineering, who were a New Jersey development who mostly did licensed games, but they also created Home Alone 2. Yeah. Which so, you have previous um, with. Well, I do have previous with it. And actually, I, I already knew that because I've just been doing a little bit of searching around while we've been talking. And one of the things that jumped out at me is the composers on this. One of them, obviously, is Danny Elfman, because Danny Elfman did the Simpsons soundtrack. I don't think he will have worked directly on this game. 
but a person that did is Mark Van Heck. Great and name. Mark Van Heck, yeah, Mark Van Heck is a per- is a man that I tried to contact actually in 2019 uh, right. to see if he would be interested in talking to us about another one of his games. That being Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. What I was really interested in with Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, and we will be doing an episode on it at some point, is the adaptation aspect of it and how they came up with what what they ended up with. Because it doesn't necessarily map, you know, like Lion King kind of maps onto the film. And there's there's that whole thing about how they were in they were being developed in uh, conjunction with one another. And actually you told me the amazing fact that there are things in the Lion King game that actually were cut from the film and therefore the Lion King game is actually a more complete story ver- version of the original story of the Lion King. Did I tell you that? I think you told me that. Someone told me that. Yeah, there's like some levels that don't really map onto the film of the Lion King in the Lion King game and those levels were yeah, cut. I've that. I've forgotten that completely. You've forgotten it? Yep. Well, anyway, I was, I was, I was actually, I was really interested given my experience with Home Alone 2, I was really interested in the whole idea of adaptation from film to game and how, how that was approached. And so I started trying to contact various different people that had worked on Home Alone 2 to see if they would be willing to talk to me and uh, do a little interview or whatever, and also to see if they would be willing to see if they would be interested in contributing to an episode of our podcast. Mark was one of the few people I actually had a bit of a conversation with. It was via, it was via messenger, Uh, but I actually had a little bit of a conversation with him um, and we were on the verge of sort of getting something in place. But then I think for for one reason or another, he he was put off the idea, Um, possibly because he just didn't want to talk about something that he'd done a long, long time ago. But he worked on this game too. So um, that's interesting in and of itself. And I'll be paying special attention to the music as a result. Lovely stuff. Well, hopefully this might coax him into appearing on a future episode, possibly. I doubt it. I sent him questions and everything. I don't. Did I not tell you about this? No. Well, you might have done that, but not having a, a, a memory of the, the minutiae of his work, I probably forgot it. The other key mechanic that, looking into it for my notes for today that I've remembered is that you have to, in each of the five levels, you have to collect letters that are hidden in the level for other family members to help for the following boss. So, for example, the first level, I think, is Maggie. So you have to find M-A-G-G-I-E, and then she will then join you for the boss that follows that first level. I don't mm. know how she'll help you. I can't remember what the boss is. I remember there just being the Maggie's face in the bottom left corner and me being a bit confused as to what that was there for. I might have collected one or two letters, but I, I don't, don't remember in any great detail. That's um, very definitely where the idea of the Divine Beast came from in Breath of the Wild, by the way. I don't know if you knew that Com- fact. Completely, yeah. Yeah. I'd love it if that was true. Yeah, Miyamoto sitting and playing a bit of Space Mutants. The X-ray specs, does it remind you of any films in particular? Uh, they Live, yeah. which is obviously where the, yeah, the where, where presumably a lot of the idea for this came from well presumably they live came out in 1988 uh, john carpenter mm. film this game came out in 1991 so yeah it, it must be it's gotta be yeah you'd think so the so, so i'm jumping around a little bit sorry if i'm stepping on your toes or whatever you've got written down Fine but mystery. um the arcade game came out in 1991 this came out in 1991 obviously arcades uh have a lot more power but what struck me when we did the arcade game was just how faithful it was to the animation style as I remember it. Um, That is somewhat lost in this game, I would say. And 
a bit of a surprise. Well, both a surprise and not a surprise. A surprise because of how it compares to the job that they did on the arcade game, but also possibly not so much a surprise because of the uh, fact it was on the NES and there's just not enough power there maybe to do what they did with the arcade game. One of the things they did do with this is they put in lots of Easter eggs and references to, to things in the show. So it became not necessarily mm. a, a pretty game, perhaps, although I do remember it looking quite nice personally. But they put in lots of these, I say, references so fans would enjoy it. And I, I remember there being sections mm. where you can pick up coins and then you can do prank calls to Moe's. Uh, again, going back wow. to what I said at the start of the episode, towards the start of the episode, the fact that that seemed to be a big thing where, with Bart, this idea of him being a, a prankster and doing these calls. Mm. Actually, in the show, he does it a bit in the first couple of series or so, but he doesn't do it a great deal at all. And going into the show, I thought that was like a big thing, him doing these hilarious pranks, and it, it really isn't. Mm. On top of that, a lot of the time, it's him and Lisa doing them yeah, together. Yeah, So that so gets lost. In the first couple of series, before they kind of ironed out the kinks of her character and kind of gave her a definite separate identity yeah. from, from Bart. Yeah, because they were a lot closer, weren't they? It, both in terms of who they were as characters, yeah. but also as siblings. There's the quite distinct divide now of her being a brainiac and him being a... Well, the perfect example is the one where he goes to the fortune teller, isn't it? And finds out that she's going to be the president and he's mm-hmm. going to be a bum. And he turns up to the White House and asks for a loan. You, that that was their characters after it was ironed out, but it was less clear beforehand, wasn't it? Yeah, there's, there's an episode which in the first series with Dr. Marvin Monroe where they all go and have electroshock therapy. And that was one... Yeah, that's a good one. Before I before it actually aired on BBC One, uh, the childminder whose house I was playing this at, she had a couple of the videos that had... The VH oh. videos that had, I think, four episodes on. And that was one of them. And that whole episode, it culminates to the sequence where they're all giving each other electric shocks. Yeah. Now, if that aired kind of post about series four, possibly, Lisa would not be giving her final electric shocks on principle, I think. Whereas mm, in, I don't whereas know, in because episode, they wind each other up still, don't they? And she does get quite irate at, at Bart, even when she's a fully fleshed out, or well, as fully fleshed out as she ever gets. I guess. But, but when she's got a clear character. You said about being a... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd have ever been a Buddhist and I'd have inflicting pain on Oh, others. yeah, but that... that that doesn't actually come about the the idea of her being yeah that doesn't come about till quite late late on like she doesn't she's not a vegetarian immediately and she's not um pacifist immediately it's yeah. all sort of attempts at character development and add-ons to that main brainiac thing the vegetarian one was about series 9 where she met Paul McCartney and Linda yeah, and then and Linda on the and roof the- of the Quickie Mart the Buddhist one was about series 15 or 16, which are very similar beats in terms of the, the vegetarian yeah, exactly. one. It was Buddhist and she met Richard Gere instead and he was the person who converted her to Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. Ah, the things you remember. Mm. Uh, fun fact at this point as well, the space mutants of this game are not the same as within the main TV show itself. There is a, a series called Space Mutants that's a reference mm. at different times in the series in the same way as kind of the... Um, What's the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger type character that's in it? Oh, that's going to... What is it? Come on, get some Googling for me. Uh, Wolf. What's his name? Oh, Wolf. I'm, I'm, I'm losing my, my credentials as a Simpsons fan. You are. Wolf. But anyway, that, that, while, while you Google... Wolf Castle? McBain! McBain, there we go. Yeah, so he, he pops up a few times in the series in the background or in posters and stuff. And in the series, the space mutants pop up in a similar way, whether there's people No, it's watching. not. It's, it's, it's Wolf Castle. It's Wolf Castle. 
It is Wolf Castle. Okay, right. And, and the space mutants pop in a similar way that the space mutants of the show are not the same as the space mutants of this game, which is very confusing. Incidentally, as an aside on that, I once read that someone had done a, a supercut of all the uh, Wolf Castle um, clips, and they actually tell a coherent movie if you from yeah like really a clip from series one and then a clip from series three and then from se- they actually tells a, a story. That's amazing, which is quite cool. up to when. I I don't know. I don't know. Mm, I'd be interested to see that. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that. Um, and one more fact, because I enjoyed the memory blast of this, is that Acclaim published an LCD toy of this game, and it reminds me of having a LCD toy of Sonic 3 that was nothing like the actual game of Sonic 3, and it was, wasn't was very good, and I imagine the LCD toy of this was the same. Did you have any of those? <sighs> yeah, I did. I can't remember which ones I had, but I, I had a couple, at least, and... None of them were very good, as no. far as I remember. And I'd even go so far as to say that even the Game & Watches that they sort of are modelled on, not I'm not entirely sure that they are that great, but they were they were very old, uh, idea-wise. They were very old when we were being given them for Christmas presents. So maybe we should cut them some slack. I've just been Googling. Uh, a little bit again sorry in the background it's all right. and something that i found out so mcbain is a character that Wol- rainier wolfcastle played there we go um but uh, what i didn't know is that there is a f- an actual film called mcbain that stars christopher walken as an ex-pal so i don't know whether i don't know how are, are they are, is it is mcbain named after this when did McBain first appear in The Simpsons? Because this McBain film is from 1991. Again, in the first series, they had lots of references to the happy little, little elves. Lisa watched quite a lot. I remember that being the episode with the babysitter that she was watching that. And that kind of fell by the wayside that she wasn't really that into it in subsequent series. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what happens with children. But then uh, I suppose she didn't um, age. So... McBain. So McBain appears first in 1990 in The Simpsons. The film, the Christopher Walken film, comes out in 1991. Well, there's a revelation. Yeah. I wonder if that has any... I wonder if there's any correlation there, if there's any actual link. Really hope so. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. It's a very strange name to come up with, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that is some cynical producer in Hollywood going, oh, let's do this. Yeah. Silly Billy. It bombed, apparently. <laughs> bombed. Billy. <laughs> right, I've got nothing else to say about this game. So, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry, I've been I've been dropping in silly little bombs all the way through, haven't I? Apologise. That's, That's good. I've been trying to derail this as best as I can, but I haven't achieved it. So, well done. Well, I'll, we'll let listeners decide that. I'm so sorry for that experience, Ashley. Are you really, though? Poo. Are you? Oh, that's a bit harsh, Chris, I, th- I think. People worked on this. Yeah, they did. A fair play to them. And now you're poo-pooing it, quite literally. Negging on them. Is that negging? <laughs>
Do you, you don't know what negging is, do you? A bit negative. Mm. Yes, negging is uh, when you say something quite mean, but but as if it's a compliment. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. And it's used by pickup artists. Oh, I'm certainly not doing that. Who are a very particular breed of, of human being that you probably don't want to associate yourself with. So, you know, maybe... Maybe don't nag. I regret everything I've done in the second half already. Yeah, you've come off as a really cruel human being. I don't know what's up with you. And I, I regret the game choice. He's not that? like this, people. Yeah. Well, this is kind of, unfortunately, where we will probably inevitably going to end up. And I, I don't know if I said this at the end of the first half or whether I said it when we finished up. But I was kind of hoping that because I didn't like this game when I was a child but also didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing, that I there was a bit of room there for this to be a, a nice surprise. And unfortunately, it's not been a nice surprise because even knowing what we're supposed to be doing, it all feels a little bit not great. Yeah, there's, there's not really a, a lot to like about the game. So let's think about the, the gameplay first then. So I said in the first half that you had to explore these levels and find these purple things to spray paint them red to stop the aliens because they love them purple things. There were... A lot of purple things in the levels, a lot of them being very difficult to get, so much so that we couldn't actually figure out how to get them. Turns out you can yeah. go into shops and then buy rockets and things to fire at purple things to make them not purple. Yeah, I tried to get into those shops that he was... So Bart, the character that you play is Bart, and Bart can go into some shops and buy stuff to help him, like rockets and cherry bombs and such. But I was pressing up on those doors and I couldn't get in doing that so i still don't actually know how to get into those shops so blah. yeah so so we've got their controls as an aspect there i guess the, the last point i want to make then on the actual uh, gameplay structure itself then was i ended up watching a video on youtube to kind of understand how to play the levels and the second level involved finding some of the secrets by jumping down on bins multiple times as in five six seven eight times to make these these collectibles appear oh why why more than that possibly why they decided to hide them in and, and it wasn't just every bin it was only certain bins that had these in it just it made it very unfair on the player yeah and i, I just think i agree everything about the game itself it felt really aimless and just that you're wandering around that things would happen by a happy accident and moments where i figured something out it was quite nice but but there was so much that i felt was masked from the player that wasn't clear at all. Unhappy accident. Yeah. Happens to Unhappy accident, I think. So, yeah, there was there was some really weird idiosyncrasies to the decisions that they made and where they were going to hide things and how they were going to hide things. I didn't really appreciate it. I think it was just obscure for the sake of being obscure. And I'm not at all surprised that I wasn't getting on with this game so i i held off sort of saying in the first half that i found it difficult uh, because i figured that it was probably just little five-year-old me but actually as a 34 year old me it's still too difficult the controls are imprecise the the enemies are set up to be quite unfair and the, the the secrets, like you've outlined with the bins, the secret collectible elements, they are just too secret, like far too secret. Yep. 
I there was one that he did that this this one that you found on YouTube that I watched a bit of as well. Um there was one that he did on the first level where he had to go he had to backtrack all the way to the beginning of the level where there was a cinema. I don't know whether he then just waited around and did a dance at the same time, but he was dancing to the tune of The Simpsons whilst waiting for somebody to come out of the cinema and he came out I you said that on the two hundred second mark. So when he had two hundred seconds left on the the cinema said timer that the screen outside the cinema said that this film space mutants 4 i think it was was showing at 2 p.m and 4 p.m so it's 200 p.m and 400 p.m so the character the person who's playing as bart was waiting around for the timer to hit 200 at which point this person came out of the cinema that could then be spray painted so i think it was a it must be a reference to that but that's a very obtuse way of having that gameplay because you've got that element of fourth wall breaking because the game is telling you it, the film is on at two o'clock but then it's actually 200 seconds left on the timer which is a thing that yeah. Bart obviously would not have access to is a very very strange scenario who's thinking to go back and check to see if someone's coming out at two o'clock on the cinema yeah a very small number of people I would have thought I guess if you're backtracking because of how big the levels are I guess if you're backtracking you might end up there and see that person at that time but I I certainly would never even playing it nowadays, I would never have made the link between that person being there. Oh, it's because the time says 2 p.m. No, exactly. So presumably you could do it at 4 p.m. 400 seconds as well, could you, do you think? Yeah, but I think the level, I think it started past four. I think it was 300 and something seconds. No, it was 600. It was, it was 600 seconds okay, it started on. So you could do it a third of the way through and a two thirds of the way through the level, I guess. You've mentioned a couple of things, a couple of jags I just want to pick up on there as well. The the enemy hitboxes, they were far too big, so it was it was so easy to hit an enemy and then lose some health and it was two hits dead. And you've you also mentioned yep. the controls. Bart was so floaty, like jumping was so imprecise, it was very, very difficult to, to time these jumps over enemies. And then you also had the thing that Luigi does in Astro Mario games where he'll do a slight slide and quite a few times I was trying to be careful to to run past an alien. I'd accidentally slide into one that I was trying to avoid and oh just yeah. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, coupled through all this, you've got the Simpsons music, a, a digitized a chip tune version of the Simpsons theme tune playing on a loop over and over and over. Yeah. To to the credit of Mark Van Heck, that was actually one of the better parts of the game. Oh, yeah. So in the sense that it, it was a good rendition of the Simpsons theme tune on the NES. It was. The 506th time I heard it, I was feeling less charitable towards it. Right. Okay. Technical limitations, I would have, I would have guessed. Yeah. Were, were at play there. And also, uh, Bart himself, you said, looked like he'd been drawn in Microsoft Paint. Yeah, the whole thing kind of looked like it had been drawn in Microsoft Paint, but um, Bart looked like he like a, a melted wax figure. It was not great. I, I think, interestingly, because I vaguely remember when we did Simpsons Arcade, we were talking about the transition from those very rough early representations of the characters to the ones that everybody would be familiar with now because they were very they were very roughly drawn yeah. in those first episodes. And there was like a skew to them. Certainly their faces sort of did look a little bit melty. And this version of Bart seems to have been based on those drawings rather than later drawings. Whereas the Simpsons Arcade that came out before this game did, they seem to be based on 
the later versions of the of the characters more polished mm. more refined so i don't know when those refinements actually came into the show but the, the first series is really it's very i mean obviously say it's really cartoony like they they act and they're stylized almost like a warner brothers type cartoon yeah it, it's about sort of series three that they start getting tighter and, and don't look dissimilar to what it looks like now there's actually one of the i think i referenced it in actual episode on Simpsons Arcade, but there's a, a Treehouse of Horror episode from not too long ago where they go back and yeah. meet themselves from back then because the voices are different as well. That was quite a nice uh, self-referential mm. nod to the past, which I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, and actually, uh, again, I said the first half, that kind of leads nicely into something I did like about it was all those references, you know, walking past Barney's Bowlerama and doing the prank call to Mo and walking past the Quickie Mart and the Springfield Retirement Home. I quite enjoyed that, the, the, the recreation of Springfield. Yeah, it just it just felt a bit lifeless and two-dimensional. I, I know it was two-dimensional, but it just didn't feel very alive. And I think there have been much better, obviously, with... With time um, factored in and and advancements in both The Simpsons and in game technology, there have been much better recreations of The Simpsons uh, of this of Springfield. But I mean, one of them was Virtual Springfield. I actually think that Virtual Springfield is a much better representation. Representation. I I feel like I'm being unfair because this is only like three years into the show, so the Springfield wasn't actually fully fleshed out, whereas Virtual Springfield was like late 90s, so there was nearly a decade's worth of show to pull from. Um, so maybe that's a bit of an unfair thing building, to say. Et cetera. Did you ever play, I think we talked yeah. about this as well, Hit and Run? Did you ever play that one? I did, yeah. That was one of the ones that was in my mind then. Simpsons Hit and Run, Simpsons Road Rage, uh, the GTA yeah. and Crazy Taxi style games that were made and i actually think they're two of the best simpsons games that have been made i think hit and run for me is probably the best simpsons game because that that did realize springfield in a really really good way and it also had the as well as the driving elements it had exploring there were lots of pickups and collectibles and i'm a sucker for all that and i really enjoyed just exploring springfield and it felt like you've just said this one didn't feel alive springfield in hit and run felt alive it felt bustling there's a a lot of um well, I say a lot of Ferrari, not a lot of Ferrari. There's been some chatter recently about a possible remaster of Hit and Run, and it's oh. in no man's land in terms of licensing as to who actually owns the license yeah. to it. And then last year, there was someone who'd recreated the first area of Hit and Run in some animation software, and it looked absolutely stunning. Well worth finding out. Oh, I'll have a look. We've mentioned in the second half a couple of times this YouTube playthrough video. It is just under 44 minutes if anyone fancies going to have a look at that. Just to give you an idea of how to play the game, what there is in the game, and also how long the game is if you're very skilled. 44 minutes. Although another possible negative is that requires a lot of precision platform jumping and also knowledge of where obstacles are going to hit. So you bar to position in the right place than to go over his head. But yeah. that feels like another negative. I think we've done a lot of negatives. Yeah, it's not really even platforming to to pile in on that. It's not really platforming. It's just being in the right place At the right on the time. screen. Yeah, um, and yeah. it's also not currently available anywhere. You can't play this on Switch or PlayStation or whatever. Which uh, mercy be upon you. <laughs> yeah, might be a good thing. Uh, there we go. That probably kind of time there to to wrap up our time with Bart vs the Space Mutants. I'm I'm sorry for bringing the stinker. I, I feel like we've not played a, a game that we've, we've yucked on quite so much for, for quite some time. Yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? 
it's just the nature of of it of of the whole venture so don't worry about it you don't have to apologize so next week your challenge is to bring a real gem yeah i think i am due a baddie though oh no well hold off the baddie for a couple of weeks and do a good one next week yeah deal oh we'll see yeah, well, I don't do it on purpose. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, does it? I, I thought this would be good. But anyway, anyway, exactly. we've, we've talked about it enough. Um, so yeah, as we said, next week will be Ashley's episode. In the meantime, remember to come join us on all the social medias and like, share, subscribe, rate and review, please. Yes, please. Thank you very much. See you later, bye. Toodle pip. Toodle pip.